Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is, and with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve Keen. And I'm Katie Keen. And along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Hey everyone, Steve and I are here this week to talk to you about how you can connect with your kids despite life's challenges. And I have to say, life can get really crazy. All of you, I'm sure, have experienced just how busy and chaotic and, you know, everyone's just doing their own thing and everyone gets tired. Mom and dad get tired, the kids get tired, and it can become really important that we become very intentional with looking at how to connect. And um, so today we just have a lot of tips for you. We're just, we have created a wonderful list of things that we've done, ideas and things that our kids have given us as well that they've enjoyed, that have made them feel special over time. So maybe one or the, or two of these will resonate with you and could be something you try and could give you a quick win at home. So here we go. Back in episode 17, we talked about the miracle of dinner time and I wanted to refer you back to that episode in case you haven't heard it yet because an impactful, very quick win in anyone's home is just the time that's spent in the kitchen and around the dinner table. So go back and check out that episode. Another thing that you can do at home can take some thought, but it's a quick action is really looking for the intent of the person that's causing trouble in your home before you actually lash out or correct them or react. And this is a way that it's sort of backwards. It can turn a negative situation into a positive situation. So assume the best of them versus automatically assuming that they're guilty. That's very easy to do. And we all fall into that trap. You know, your kid can get into a pattern of doing certain things and it's just automatic that we assume that's what they're doing again. But if we are, you know, just thoughtful enough for a second to realize, wait, let's look and see what the intent is. Let's let them be innocent until proven guilty and don't assign that they've done a bad deed to them as if they're a bad person. Just find out the truth, figure out what's really going on and realize even if they did do the wrong thing, they're just a kid who made a mistake and they really need more training. Another quick way that you can have a win at home is by investigating something else that we've discussed a number of times, which is the five love languages. And there's a book specific to help you understand these with your kids. And again, we really recommend that you read this book and understand the principles in it. And maybe at one point, Steve and I will do an episode just on that since we like to reference it so frequently. Yeah, maybe we can get the author to come on. That would be really cool. (laughs) But in our home, for example, one kid needs quality time and words of affirmation. So us to simply say something nice to that child and spend some time talking fills up the love tank of that child. And the rest of the day, the week goes much, much smoother. They feel appreciated and valued. Another of our children just needs a hug. And another one really appreciates when we do something for them. So there are five different primary love languages. Most people have a mixture of one or two of them. And if you're able to discover what those are with your child, 
and then spend intentional time just intentionally seeking to speak that love language into your child's heart you will find that on the craziest of days with just that intentional thought to do something fast that simply speaks deep to their heart in their way of understanding suddenly you will have a great connection with your child. Intentionally spending time doing the activities with your child and supporting their interests, that is the things that they like, is a really good thing to do. Now, it doesn't matter if they are your own interests or not, okay? Because here, you're not being selfish with your interests. You're investing in your child and you're learning your child's interest and you want to help foster their interest and further their interest in good things, right? The amount of involvement that you put into that will speak volumes, okay? When their heart sees and feels that you are interested in what they're interested in or that you are interested in them enough to do the things that they have an interest in, that really speaks to their hearts. So, for example, if one of your kids would like to learn about pottery or already enjoys creating pottery. Not something we do in our home, right? But if one of the kids said, hey, mom or dad, can we learn some pottery? Can we take a class, right? And you think, well, you know, we don't really do that and whatever. Do it, right? Go find a class. Go find the opportunity to do that with your child and do something fun with them. Make special memories and really demonstrate to your child that you love them by taking interest in what they are interested in. Another tip that is very effective, and with kids in our home with sensory processing issues and attention deficit issues and, you know, the various things that we've had to support our children through, this tip really impacted our family. Looking into their eyes when they speak, just whenever possible. I know it's not always possible, but if it's a focus that you try to do as your regular reaction, it will help them know and feel that they have your undivided attention. And it makes that connection to their heart happen in a much quicker, more effective, efficient way. And then they don't repeat themselves as much. They don't continue doing repetitive actions. They don't, you know, they feel heard and understood. Another tip that you could actually reference back to our episode 16 that's featuring Rosemary Clark. She gives beautiful examples of how when a parent will respond and reflect back to the child what you just heard them say or even what you saw them do, the child will also feel heard and understood. So if you haven't heard that episode, she has a beautiful way of explaining that and I recommend you guys go back and hear it. Create family laws for peace and order in your home. The reason that establishing rules and laws that govern the family home is so beneficial is that it allows for the expectations in the home to be preset, meaning they're not arbitrary. Nothing in the home is arbitrary when it comes to how we expect people to conduct themselves or the things we expect people to be responsible for. The children and the parents are all on the same page, and so that's going to reduce stress in your relationship. It's going to reduce any feeling or opportunity for feelings that things are in some way unfair because you're you're coming up with ideas on on the fly instead of having them preset and it's going to reduce the sense of chaos in your home significantly it promotes a much more loving environment of peace because everybody already has their expectations set 
So we have some exciting news. <laughs> we're opening enrollment into our coaching course. And so this is just one of the things that we're gonna support families through for every unique home to establish their own set of laws to, to really get a hold of order and peace in the house. For us, it's been absolutely instrumental. So if you want more information on the course, please connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. And you can do that a couple of different ways. We're on Facebook. Just look up Family Success Secrets. We have a group. We have a page. And you. we also are on Instagram. So if you prefer Instagram, look us up again by Family Success Secrets. Or you can sign up for our newsletter at our podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com site. And we'll get emails from you and personally receive those and respond to those there. So another tip in our home, something that's been so effective is that we teach what the meaning of love is. And then we expect that to be the behavior that we show and exhibit and demonstrate to our children and that they show to us and to the other family members. So we had to figure out how to define what love is. For us, we use the verse in First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. There's a segment of verses, verse 4 through 8, that really defines exactly what love looks like. So we teach that verse as a way to assess our actions. And it gives us a way to measure. And it gives us the opportunity to celebrate when somebody's done it right, which is always really important. And also helps us to know when we need to apologize and when we need to forgive based on the needs of the circumstance. So this verse defines love as patient, kind, love does not envy, love does not boast, love is not proud, it does not dishonor others, love is not self-seeking, love is not easily angered, love keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. Love always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. For us, that's been a really important measuring stick just so that we can see clearly because sometimes emotion and exhaustion and busyness and the the swirling pace of life can make it very hard to discern who was causing a problem or who was doing you know, something that wasn't quite in line with our family values. And it also gives us opportunity to just celebrate big when somebody's done something awesome. That's right. Another thing that you can do is look for the best in your children and believe the best in them. And eventually there will come a time when they fail in some way, right? Accept that. Accept them, even though they have failed, uh, to either follow a rule or to do a thing that they were expected to do, whatever the case. Support them in correcting their error and encouraging them to do a better job the next time. This will allow you to have a good connection even in the midst of having had the disappointment of failing in some way. It will create a stronger bond between you and your child when they see that mom and dad still love me even though I made a mistake. Unconditional love will still maintain boundaries, but it will also demonstrate good leadership. So when I was growing up, we were allowed to watch old movies and musicals, and I had full reign to the section of the library that had all the Judy Garland and all the (laughs) Rodgers and Hammerstein. And, you know, I fell in love with a movie called Singing in the Rain. And probably a lot of you haven't seen it or heard of it, but I highly recommend it. You'll probably hear me reference it again. In that movie, though, there's a simple line that 
one of the characters says in the middle of singing a song that's kind of silly, but it really stood out to me when I was growing up and it's played into my parenting. And the character says, dignity, always dignity. And for me, that translates into don't embarrass your kids. Growing up, my folks were very aware of not embarrassing us. And I was very grateful. And I have made it something in our home where it's a way we can express the golden rule to each other of doing to others what you would want done to you. And everyone appreciates dignity. You know, adults do, so do kids. Another thing that you can do to get a quick win in your home and just to consistently get wins is look for what you can cheer your kids on for. You know, what are their dreams in life? And just show them that you believe in them. Help them to pursue their dreams. You have knowledge and resources that they don't have. And you can help them explore those while you get to enjoy quality time with your kids. And it's nothing that takes time. It doesn't take energy. It doesn't take your resources. Really, in a lot of ways, it's a matter of sitting down and just letting them have that heart connection with you. And then maybe going to the pottery studio, you know, here and there (laughs) or whatever your kid is into. But just make sure they understand that you are there cheering them on. And let your kids dream. And I mean, dream big too, okay? Do not diminish their, their, their ideas, even if they're childish or outlandish, right? They're going to have really whopping, really great creative thoughts and imaginary thoughts. They have a wonderful imagination. Don't sit on that. Instead, celebrate those ideas with them and help them to really reach for them, right? Reach for the stars, if you will, because the reality is going to set in one day, right? That I'm sorry, you just can't fly. Even if you want to fly, you just can't fly. (laughs) Yeah, you can get a plane. Maybe they'll have jetpacks or whatever by the time you're an adult, but you just can't fly right now. Don't sit on that while they're young, right? Let them have that imagination and that creativity and see what they can come up with, right? Let them have the vision without getting rid of that youthful fantasy, right? They're going to lose a lot of that as they age. It won't be our job to try and force the realities and the harshness of the world on them at an early age. So encourage your kids to dream big, to think creatively, to use their imaginations. They'll need it for problem solving and enjoy being a creative kid, right? That doesn't last forever. And you're going to enjoy it. And I promise you, you're going to miss it when maturity starts to set in. You're going to miss those really cool stories that the kids came up with or the really creative ideas, right? So, so don't snuff that out. Let them enjoy that while they can. Another thing that you can do is get down on their level. And I mean physically, get down on their level when you're speaking to them, especially if you have a smaller kid, right? If your children are young, you're a giant compared to them. Get down there eye to eye so that they can look in your eyes and speak to you and have that conversation to you eye to eye, right? So that you're not towering over them, especially if things are are not really good. Like if a kid made a mistake and you're six feet tall and they're two feet tall, right? (laughs) It's going to be scary to them if you're both upset and giant looking. So get down on their level, stay down on their level, regardless of what their ability is. Get down there and talk with them and share with them and converse with them and imagine and create with them. You'll so glad you did. 
I remember as a child, I absolutely loved watching the show, Mr. Rogers, and he was always bending down to talk to the kids. So I think that's really a good, easy, simple way to connect. Something that we used to do, it just hit me one day. We had a lot of commute time for a while, a couple of years. We lived in one town and had a lot of our activities and medical appointments and other things for school and all of that in another town. We spent a lot of time in the car. And the kids would, you know, they'd ask me to put on music. Mom, could we listen to this or could we listen to that? And I'm sure, okay. And then they'd start talking to me the minute we put it on or just a couple minutes into it. And it finally struck me because it felt a little frustrating sometimes, you know, well, why would they ask me to put this on? And then they're yelling over it. <laughs> I thought, just turn it off and, and listen to them and show them that they are more important to music. I mean, excuse me, more important than music. And then when they're done talking, turn the music back on. And it was funny because at first it confused them. At first they were like, well, why did you turn the music off? And I wanted them to know it was not a punishment at all. I would say, because I don't want to miss a word of what you're saying. Because you are more important than the sounds that this song has. And they might interfere with me understanding you clearly. So once you tell me everything you want to say, let me know. And then I'll turn this music back on and we'll just continue enjoying it together. And it was really funny how that worked out. Because in the end, we got to listen to music more enjoyably. Because no one was yelling over it when we were playing music. But they actually will tell us to this day how much more that had made them feel valued how that made that simple little act of just clicking that little button and turning off the music and letting them know I wanted to hear them it really made their hearts feel connected and appreciated and valued. We were talking to our kids and we always love to ask them, you know, questions about, well, what was special to you? And some of the things that they shared were simple things. Like they felt connected just if they would sit on the couch with us and snuggle during a movie night by sharing a blanket together. You know, one of the kids will bring down a blanket and he'll fling it over whoever else is on the couch with him and he just sees that as a really fun way to connect with family and something another child said was hey we loved it when you read aloud to us like on long car trips and when we'd sit around the table and sitting in the family room and I asked why and they said well we feel like you know, you guys are paying attention to us and spending dedicated time with us because it meant you weren't working, you weren't distracted by other things. And, you know, social media wasn't having your attention, work calls weren't having your attention, all that. They said they just really loved having our full attention. And they said that the reading aloud together as a family also, they enjoyed that it led to family discussion because ultimately we were all on a journey together. It was all on the same journey from the book. And they liked that. And I liked it because it didn't take away any energy from me or Steve when we were tired. <laughs> so pull out a book, guys. There's amazing classics out there of all levels. And you can even get them for free at the library. So hopefully that'll be a tip that helps you. Bedtime routines. That's a big one for me because I like to put the two youngest boys to bed at night because I don't get to see them as much during the course of the workday, of course, right? So I help them get ready for bed, flossing, brushing teeth getting on the jammies and all that good stuff, right? So I enjoy doing that. But then my youngest loves having conversations with me at night. So the room is dark and I'm hanging out right there beside his bed before we say prayers or anything. And he says, well, what should we talk about tonight? And I'll say, well, I've got time for one thing. He's like, okay, how about three things? <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
And so, you know, I'll compromise and we'll do two unless I'm really pressed for time for something else I have to do. But we talk about a lot of times about animals. He wants to know all about animals and daggone it. He remembers everything that we've ever talked about. And he watches shows during the course of the day so he can tell me about what he learned about that day. And then I'm always left with a homework assignment. And he's like, okay, we got to look up this tomorrow. We got to look up that. So remind me in the morning. And so, you know, he really cherishes that time. And I got to tell you, I do too, because that is super fun. And I know that doesn't last either, but it's so enjoyable now. And we're making good memories about it. And it's something that he really likes. Yeah, and so, I think he watches the Wild Kratts is where he gets all his animal information. <laughs> he does, he does. And, you know, a couple other things too. So that's cool. So it makes for a good, strong bonds. It's a good time for teaching, right? Because sometimes there's other stuff that we have to talk about and uh, maybe they have questions about. And it's really good. And since there's no distractions, right, because the room is dark and the kids holding still, they're able to focus and the children are more open to hearing what I have to say and... I'm a captive audience, and happily so. And so I get to hear, again, those creative thoughts that that a young kid would have. And so for me, it's just as special, I think, as it is for him. So that's one. Creating special times together that the kids are going to look forward to, right? Like if you have a particular nighttime routine or kind of a special thing that you do maybe on, on a weekend night or something like that, like something that brings the kids in, like having having tea or something like that and talking at the dinner table after, right? And so that's something that they get to do. And that's a little bit out of the ordinary. Or you can do it in the middle of a really busy day and mm. just take a break together. Yeah. And that too would be good. Quick way to reconnect. That's good stuff. Additionally, you can do things that create memories. There are things that they know that they're going to look forward to. And well, the first thing that came to my mind is going on a fishing trip when the when my older boys were very young, we were in a place where we could go on an annual fishing trip for a long weekend, and I think they really looked forward to it. I think every bit of it. I don't think they cared anything whatsoever about fishing, but being able to stay in the camper and all of the, the snacks that mom and grandma would prepare and getting chased inside by a thunderstorm <laughs> and just being able to hang out, that was fun. It was just super fun, and I enjoyed it too. Yeah, It was a fun thing for me as well. So that's really good. But each year, you know, if we do get snow, they always know that they can go outside and play in the snow for a couple hours. And when they come in, mom's already got tea brewing or at the time, maybe hot cocoa. And she's making uh, some sort of cookies or something like that. So after they come in from the cold, they have that to warm up with. And, and that's just a continuation of the fun. And I did that the easy way. I would specifically make in some of the slower pre-snow months some rolls of cookie dough. And these days, of course, it would be paleo and really nourishing to the body, but they freeze well. So I would make the dough ahead, put it in the freezer, and then I would just have to pull it out, slice it up, and put it. So it wasn't like I was inside whipping up cookies or anything, guys. I was in there mopping up wet, snowy puddles, just like everyone, and trying to help dry mittens in between, you know, and make sure that Steve, you know, was able to get out there and help, you know, play with the kids if he wanted to. I do enjoy a good snowball fight. Yeah. So, but that was something that they knew to look forward to and I knew to prepare ahead for. So I would make sure when we started hitting the colder months that I had tea in the pantry and that I did make a few batches of some cookie dough and just set it aside and labeled it so that it was there. So we have just a couple other tips for you guys that maybe one will resonate with you. Our kids really have enjoyed family game nights 
and they say that it just makes them have warm feelings of a family that's bonding because there's laughter and there's friendly competition and Steve and I actually aren't really even board game kind of people but we have found that the kids just enjoy the environment that it creates so much that it's worth it to keep a couple of those games on hand and it can be really short from a quick just a quick card game to a really long full rainy afternoon of Monopoly if that's what we want. One of the children told us that their favorite thing is to go places with us. They love going to museums and historical sites and they said that's because it feels like they're getting included in something that grown-ups like to do. We used to <laughs> be in a place where we could do road trips more if you will go on family education outings that would take us a couple days right we'd go out of state and that would be our vacation but we would go and do things where it was really fun neat and different to, to learn different stuff and see different things so another thing they told us was that they just really enjoyed and appreciated that they were respected by us and then we said well in what way did you feel respected and they said by simply taking the time to actually listen and talk to them. And our, our child said that when we have been willing to just sit and process through a thought or idea with him, that when he's got something on his mind, you know, even though it's not a topic that's of interest to us, that he just feels very respected and connected to us when we're willing to set aside that time. And it's funny because those times really don't last very long. I mean, the kids usually find a resolution to whatever's going on within a fairly short amount of time. I don't think they agonize over things nearly like adults do. <laughs> so it's something that if you can just shift your mindset to say, you know what, this isn't going to take very long. It's worth stopping what I'm doing and just turn and look at my child and just let them understand that I hear them. I hear their heart. I hear their thought. It's so powerful and it's so simple and it's free. It doesn't cost you anything except it gives you a massive reward for these children who then tell you that they feel loved and accepted and connected. Our kids appreciate being informed accurately about what's going on around them. So these days, you know, that's pretty obvious. You got any number of topics you can talk about, but they like uh, having us tell them in a way that's appropriate for them based on their ability levels, their development, right? What's appropriate rather than us trying to shelter them and hide things from them, right? It builds bonds of trust and they know that it's a transparent relationship and nothing is being hidden from them. So there are, as I said, plenty of different things that we could use as examples, obviously with COVID-19 and what's going on. You know, when there was quarantines and things like that, there were shortages of things at grocery stores and whatnot. So that's, you know, there was any number of different things that you could talk about with your kids and share with them so they understand what's going on in the world around them. Having special needs children creates some different opportunities mm -hmm. for us to have discussions with kids about what's going on there and how that affects our life and why our life is different than other families in the neighborhood or at church or at school and that type of stuff. Also, if you have any anything going on that's a unique family situation, mom and dad don't hide things from the kids. We talk to them about everything that's going on so that they feel safe, right? That's really important. And, and they know, of course, that they're loved, but they also know what's going on. So they don't feel like we're hiding things from them. They don't uh, feel like they're being left out. So I think that's really important. Another really big one, and I hear from so many adults who had parents who were willing to do this trick, just how valuable it was to them and how simple. It doesn't feel simple, though, when you're in the moment, but being willing to apologize to your kids when you know you've messed up. It's just so important. And 
it creates a humility and a respect in the relationship that allows that bond between parent and child to become deeper and more trusting. And it has a, a great side effect, if you want to call it that, another really important impact. It lets kids see that parents aren't perfect. And this is so important for their adult lives because it's a good model. They will then understand they don't have to be perfect when they grow up and that they will never be able to be perfect when they grow up. And then it shows them a proper model for how to conduct themselves when those situations happen and they do mess up because it's just going to happen. And now through your example, you not only have connected to them in their heart, but you have taught them how to do it when they're an adult, how to do it right. And it's just of such high value. It can feel bad, you know, when you know you've messed up as the adult and you feel like you're supposed to be the leader. But honestly, it's very good leadership to apologize. It would be a very good thing to model for them now so that they they learn it and start to implement it now, right? So if you make a mistake and you apologize, then they'll see that's the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And so they can begin to do that right away, which of course you want them to do. And it becomes their norm. So it doesn't feel awkward to them. It doesn't feel like something out of the ordinary or something negative. You know, if it's just something that they see growing up, it's just something that's normal to them. So We hope this list didn't overwhelm you. We hope it really just maybe had one or two things that stood out that maybe you can try. And I hope it encouraged you to see that it's simple. It's, you know, quick. It's usually free. They're very (laughs) realistic. So it's really quite, honestly, solid gold. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. And these are all things that we have done and tried and had success with in the middle of hard circumstances, while we've had kids who are sick, while we've had military moves, while we've had, you know, just the chaos of daily normal life as well. And so we hope to encourage you with that to know that, you know, you can do it. You can. We believe in you. And so we hope to hear from you. We would love it if you would hop onto our email newsletter and that's at podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com. Just enter in your email and you'll immediately be sent a cool overnight trick with some good, really good ideas and ways to implement it. For your family's success. That's right. And again, we're opening enrollment on our next coaching program. So if you are interested, please reach out to us. Find us on Facebook at Family Success Secrets. Find us on Instagram by the same name. And on Facebook, it's a page or a group. And we'd love to have you there. All right, everybody. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast, we would be honored if you would share it. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Head over to podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.